Are you done with being that pregnant or postpartum mom in the gym who is always stuck on the sidelines feeling horrible, saying, how come no one ever told me this? Are you ready to finally say no to a mom life filled with excess weight, injury, overwhelm, and fatigue? Then health is here. Welcome to the Strong Moms Fitness Podcast, where we dive deep into the information you need to be the strongest woman in and out of the gym, even if you are a mom. If you are done going through your pregnancy or postpartum fitness journey clueless and unprepared, if you are ready to commit and say yes to being that badass fit mom who is shredded and stronger than before the baby, well, listen up. Because this is where we talk about all of the things your doctor or trainer never told you about so that you can achieve the body you want and take your athletic strength and performance to the next level. Get ready, because here's your host, Daisy Bravo. Well, hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Strong Moms Fitness Podcast. Today was recorded live in my Facebook group, The Strong Moms Pregnancy and Postpartum Fitness Education and Support Hub. Because this training received such an amazing response from my group members, and because it is a topic that a lot of moms are interested in, I wanted to share it with you here on the podcast. But first, a heads up that this was a live training. So from time to time, you will hear me interacting with the people who are watching the training. Sometimes I ask questions and sometimes I give shout outs to audience members. So if you are interested in joining my Facebook group, connecting with other strong moms, getting access to more live videos, recipes, workouts, health and fitness tips and tricks, I encourage you to head on over to the show notes and click the link to join my Facebook group, the Strong Moms Pregnancy and Postpartum Fitness Education and Support Hub. And so you don't feel left out, I have included any links, products, or references made on today's episode and place them on our show notes, also on the Strong Moms Fitness website and in the description of the replay video in our Facebook group. So I look forward to seeing you in our Facebook group and hope you enjoy this episode of the Strong Moms Fitness Podcast. I want to thank everyone for for joining me today. I am excited and happy because as you can see, I've got Rachel Pope here with me today and she is a running expert for pregnancy and postpartum women. I really wanted to bring in an expert to answer more of your questions, get some of my questions answered. Before we jump in, I wanted to take some time and introduce Rachel. So just wanted to go through and share a little bit of your bio. You are a doctor of physical therapy, a pregnancy and postpartum specialist, run coach, and mom of three, soon to be four. She's been a runner for almost 16 years and now running through her third pregnancy. She has helped and recovered from a symphysis pubis dysfunction to get to running quickly and safely postpartum. By combining her expertise and experience, she helps other moms get back on track with their running without injury, pain, or pelvic floor issues. So Rachel, I want to thank you for joining me today. I'd love for you to introduce yourself. How did you get into this? How did you end up with this group of women? 
Sure. Um, first, thanks for having me. This is really exciting. I love being able to talk about my favorite things um, uh, with other moms, with other coaches too. So, um, so yeah, so I, um, I've been a PT for a long time. I've been a runner as long as I've been a PT. I started running right after I graduated from college. Um, so I've done like every every distance, like 5K up to ultra marathons, um, including triathlons. I did uh, triathlons for a few years too. So I've been a runner for a really long time. And then um, when I was pregnant with my second, I don't know how much um, anyone watching knows about um, SPD or symphysis pubis dysfunction. It's also known as PGP or pelvic girdle pain um, in other parts of the world. Um, but I suffered with that really badly with my second pregnancy. And that's kind of how I got into like really diving deep into um, working more with women in pregnancy and postpartum, because even myself as a physical therapist, like I had a really hard time getting back to running, like feeling good with my running um, after I had my second baby. I have a pretty big age gap between my first two, my first um, baby, quote unquote baby, she's 20. Um, and my second baby is three and a half. So, um, so every pregnancy is different. It was almost like I was pregnant again for the first time, but, um, I, you know, I had some of those, I had a lot of those symptoms where I couldn't run, um, for the last three months of my pregnancy. I couldn't exercise. I mean, I could barely walk. It was to the point where my patients were asking me, Hey, are you okay? Are you sure you should be here? And that's never really a good thing. Um, but I was able to finally rehab long story short to get back to running. Um, and I've, I've only done half marathon distance, um, since I've had my last two. Um, but it took me like a good year and a half after my second baby to like feel good with my running. Um, after I had my third baby, I was running again, like with ease by like three and a half months postpartum. So huge difference in my postpartum recovery. Um, and so I had a much better experience with my third baby than I did with my second. And so I, I am trying to, um, kind of get the message out there to moms that like, just because you have a pregnancy that doesn't go like as expected or, or as you want it to, it doesn't mean like you're doomed to have, you know, a worse pregnancy, you know, following, um, and that, you know, get, getting back to running postpartum is, um, it's not just as simple as like wait six weeks when the doctor says, yeah, you can go exercise because actually, I don't know if we'll get into this a bit, but those guidelines are outdated. Um, six weeks all clear, like get back to running. It's not, it's not true anymore. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to kind of spread that message and also help moms get back to running safely and successfully so that they don't have setbacks. Because a lot of the moms I work with are, I work with moms who are early postpartum, like they just had their baby and we get them back to running. And then um, I work with moms who are like five, six, seven, 20 years postpartum and they're still dealing with, with pelvic floor issues because they never addressed them before they got back into activity. And I feel like um, pelvic floor is like, it's been sort of up and coming, but, um, like I said, even just, you know, three and a half, four years ago when I was pregnant with my son, it was like, I had no direction from my doctor. My coworkers were of no help. I saw another PT who didn't really help me either. So that's sort of how I got into this. And, and now I'm trying to help other moms who are in the same or similar situation, or maybe they don't have any pain, but they just want to get back to running the right way. Um, or they don't have to worry about like, Hey, if I go out there, is this 
like hip thing that I had like a couple years ago or like during pregnancy, is that going to bother me again? Um, or do I have to worry about, you know, leaking when I'm running like any of those types of things? So there's your long, long answer. Um, I said long story short. And usually when I say that, it usually just means long. So <laughs> there you go. That's okay. I, I love that. And um, most of the, the clients that I work with, they're mainly you know, CrossFitters. So there are a lot of parallels and we can definitely get into outdated information because I feel like I'm shouting this all the time, not only in my marketing, working with other clients, we're trying to get women to be a little bit more aware. We live in this bounce back culture where as soon as you get that doctor's clearance, that means gung-ho, start what you were doing before or go crazy trying to lose weight, go to those mommy boot camps. And um, everything should be okay. This topic is just so underserved because a lot of women just don't know where to go to get this kind of information and don't even realize that there is this in-between phase where, yes, you have rested after baby. And then also, yes, you want to go back into whatever sport activity that you like. But there's like this in-between spot, this area that most people don't talk to. And you were saying you could talk to someone who is six years, 20 years postpartum, and they're having these, you know, pelvic floor issues because it was never addressed early on. I really love that you brought that up because I feel like I'm always like that dead horse there. But before we jump into some postpartum, I, I do have a lot of members here in our group and listeners of the podcast that are pregnant. Let's start from the beginning. Maybe you've got someone that is a runner or someone that likes high impact activities. How do we start to navigate pregnancy, but still doing some of these activities and things that we love? Yeah. So, I mean, unless there's really, unless there's any real restrictions from your doctor, really, you can continue doing what you've been doing. Um, you know, there's, if you go online and you Google, like, what exercises should I not be doing when I'm pregnant? You'll get like a whole host of, um, different answers. And there are still some, um, some other coaches or people in the wellness world or the pelvic floor world who are still kind of promoting that stuff. And it's really not true. It's really what your body can handle. Um, so physically, like, how does it feel in your body? But also like at as you progress in your pregnancy and your belly grows, um, like how does your body handle the pressure, right? The pressure on your pelvic floor, the pressure against your abdominals. So, um, you know, diastasis recti or, you know, ab separation, that term kind of gets thrown around a lot. Um, I think, I feel like, um, you know, within different like running communities that I'm in, um, and I'm not sure that like everybody knows like what that means and like, how does it look? Um, but like, if you are, you know, if you're a CrossFitter, for example, right. And you're doing, you know, pull-ups or something that's going to like, that's going to give a, put a lot of pressure on your, on your abdomen and your pelvic floor. Right. I mean, that's a high intensity, like very challenging exercise. And you notice that, you know, your belly is, we call it doming or tenting, right? So like your belly is not looking, it's not looking the shape that it normally does, you know, when you're at rest. Um, same thing goes for crunches, planks, um, V-ups, um, you know, any of those, any of those types of exercises that put pressure on the front or the anterior wall of, of the body. Um, and if you have any doming or tenting, um, of that abdominal wall, that, and that means that you're not controlling the pressure well. 
Um, and so that's not great for your body. So what do we do? We modify. So let's say you do, um, you normally like to do planks and push-ups. Well, if you look down and you see your belly's doing what it's not supposed to be doing, then bring that to a higher surface, right? So now I'm doing planks or push-ups um, either on a bench or a wall or the back of the couch. And this applies to postpartum, right? So you want to be able to manage that pressure. Um, but in pregnancy, like nothing really is off limits um, as long as you can do the exercises properly. Um, so, you know, somebody, you know, like myself, like I'm not going to be doing front planks um, because at five and a half months pregnant, it's just not, it doesn't feel good for me. But somebody else who's five and a half months pregnant or six or even seven might be able to, you know, handle that handle that pressure um so you know that's one way that we can look at you know sort of protecting the pelvic floor when we're pregnant um you know another thing is um you know are you experiencing um any leaking right so that's a big one um either with you know coughing sneezing jumping running lifting if you're doing heavy lifting and heavy lifting is again is not off limits for during pregnancy either but you have to keep in mind that as your belly grows your posture changes right your center of gravity changes your lifting techniques your running posture like all of those things change and they're not necessarily bad things like our posture like just normally changes with pregnancy um and so we have to be mindful of that so that we are not forming other compensations for the changes that are occurring in our body because once we start to form compensations then that's when we sort of get into trouble with pain or injury um and and all of that being said we can take all the measures that we want to protect our pelvic floor um but that's never a guarantee that you know postpartum is going to be smooth sailing either um, but staying active during exercise can certainly, um, staying active during pregnancy, excuse me, with exercise can certainly set us up for, um, you know, a higher, um, a higher rate of, you know, a, a good recovery postpartum. Um, so, so yeah, so just, you know, protecting the pelvic floor, making sure that, you know, form is good. Um, you're managing pressure. You're not having any leaking. Um, if you're having leaking, that means that your pelvic floor is either too tight. There's too much pressure from the baby, which a lot of times we, you know, obviously we can't control. But, you know, using a belly band, for example, or kinesiotaping on the belly to sort of unweight the belly so that there's not so much pressure downward um, are, you know, are some useful tips um, in pregnancy so that you can continue to do what it is you want to do. Um, and a lot of, a lot of moms have to modify and that's okay. Like you, you, sometimes that's a hard thing to get through mindset wise of like, you know, I'm used to running, you know, some moms I'm used to running, you know, six miles a day. I'm used to going to, um, you know, the CrossFit gym or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, um, you know, X number of days a week. And I normally work out for this many hours, but modifying as your pregnancy progresses is okay it's okay to do that it's okay for it to look different um and I think that's a hard thing for a lot of athletes myself included is like I don't want to have to take rest breaks when I'm when I'm running like I don't want to have to do intervals but you know what that's what it looks like at the end of my my last pregnancy and like that's that's okay because I was still moving and for me like compared to my previous pregnancy where I couldn't run at all I couldn't even walk um, that was like, a, that's a big success. So, you know, being able to not overdo it to the point where you set yourself back, but keep moving is, I think the important is the important thing. My wheels are turning. 
my brain here with some follow-up questions to that. Sure. Some days we're feeling great, some days not so great. Sometimes we've got aches, pains, we're fatigued. I know it's difficult for athletes sometimes to shut out some. We're just so used to fighting through aches, pains. Where should we start figuring out, okay, maybe this is time to stop. What are some like warning signs that maybe this is something that we shouldn't continue going yeah, usually it's, you know, I usually just say it goes, you know, go by symptoms, right? Like, how how are you feeling? Um, and that's, that's kind of my whole, that's my whole thing that I, you know, that's what I use with my patients, with my clients, regardless of like what we're working on. But, um, you know, when something, when something doesn't feel good, um, your body's trying to give you a message, right? Um, a lot of times in pregnancy, your recovery time is longer. So what might have been like a fairly easy workout previously is now feels harder. Like your your heart, you're working harder, your heart and your lungs are working harder, you're circulating more blood volume at this point. So things are going to feel harder that once were, were fairly easy, right? So if something doesn't feel good, if recovery is taking a really long time, I mean, just like signs of even just like overtraining. I think that we're more susceptible to overtraining when we're, when we're pregnant, but it sounds kind of funny because we might be doing less than what we're used to, but it's still sort of that overtraining principle where, you know, you feel really tired, you feel really sluggish, your heart rate is higher than what it would normally be. Um, your muscles are sore for longer. I know I experienced that myself, even just with like simple workouts. It's like, oh, I like normally like squats with X number of pounds doesn't bother me but now I'm feeling it like two days later um so just being mindful of like you know how much you're lifting how much you're running how much you're moving other signs would be like um like if you're developing sciatica for example right so like pain in the back that goes either into the buttocks or down the leg sometimes that's because of baby's position sometimes it's because of your posture but that's definitely something like not to push through anything that's like nerve related you don't ever want to push through because you could just gonna aggravate it more okay um the other thing um you know i is, is with spd and, and pelvic girdle pain right is um symptoms for anybody watching who's not really sure like what they have it or what that is um is what happens in pregnancy is that your your pelvis naturally separates right because it has to it has to open in order to deliver um, a baby or prepare for delivery of a baby and so what happens is that symphysis pubis which is right in front of, in the front of the body um, it becomes lax or it becomes hypermobile and so there's more movement than there should be so a lot of times it's you know uh, women will say um, I have pain like right in my pubic bone or kind of in the groin or in the crotch area and for runners a lot I hear this is you know I've been running, um, my normal running, I've slowed down my speed, um, but I noticed this pain that I have, you know, after my run and it's lasting for like two or three days afterwards. So, you know, like if it's lasting for three days, it's probably, you're probably doing too much, you know, any kind of pain that specifically, again, is something that you don't want to push. Um, you need to sort of respect those boundaries. So um, if you're having any sort of pain or discomfort that lingers, you know, more than you know, your normal 24 to 40 hours after like a workout, um, that's definitely a sign of like overtraining. We're doing too much. We need to scale it back a little bit or, you know, not necessarily the, you know, scale it back either in time, intensity, um, 
distance, effort, speed. I mean, you can you can vary like a whole bunch of different um, factors. Um, you don't have to you don't have to scale everything back, but maybe you know maybe you can do your same mileage, but maybe you um, maybe you run a little bit slower, which most moms will slow down naturally anyway, um, just as uh, as the belly grows. Um, maybe you um, you know do you take walk breaks right in between and you do the same mileage maybe you just walk you know maybe you cut, cut back you know today I'm just going to walk and I'm going to run you know my other two days of the week so um, those are some signs to to look out for so overtraining lingering pain um, anything that's like nerve related higher heart rate more fatigue um, increased muscle soreness like all of those kinds of things are signs of wait a minute let's sort of put the brakes on analyze kind of what's going on and let's not necessarily let's not push through it because this is not a time to be pushing pushing through you know we're we're preparing for labor and delivery we're not preparing for um you know a competition or an event or something like that i did get a couple of questions from people and one girl asked if there are some maybe acceptable heart rate ranges that we should take into consideration is there some like red zones that we just shouldn't go past um, a certain heart rate? Yeah, so there is there is some research out there on heart rate heart rate training. If you're really like into that, um, a lot of a lot of doctors will say, "Oh, don't get your heart rate above you know 120 or 140," and that's totally outdated. Um, me personally, even just with my regular running, like I can be like in the 160s, you know, sometimes 170s, and be totally conversational with you know, somebody that I'm running with and that's comfortable for me. Um, and that's, that's not when I'm pregnant, but I'm just saying in general. So like, if I were to like scale it back to 120, I'd be walking. Um, so those guidelines are pretty outdated. Um, the research does show that it's, there's a very, very low risk of doing any harm to your baby, even if you like go all out. I mean, you'd have to be at like 100 like percent maxed out for, so many like for x amount of time um like the baby like oxygen to the baby is not compromised um so really um what we really advise at this point and recommend is can you pass the talk test um so can you while you're running can you speak in short coherent sentences um you know if you're gasping for air you are probably going too hard Right. Um, and, you know, if you have a rate monitor or you know what you're like, your regular, your resting heart rate is um, in pregnancy, obviously your heart rate is going to be elevated. And a lot of moms, that's the first sign that they find that they know that they're pregnant because they go out for their regular training runs and um, they notice that their exercising heart rate is much higher than what would normally be increased. No very early on in pregnancy like five six weeks um in pregnancy so your it's going to be elevated above what it is um normally um in pre-pregnancy um so yeah i mean unless you know i'm not going to say go above and beyond what your doctor's recommending and some some women um are very like hard pressed that they want to follow their doctor's orders and i would say if you are high risk if you have um, some, you know, something that they're monitoring, um, then by all means, follow your doctor's orders. Um, you know, I think that's important. Um, but if you are, 
um, if you're healthy, pregnancy is going well, there's really no concerns. You've been running, you know, for a while, you're continuing to run through pregnancy. Everything feels pretty good. Then I would say, go by that, you know, go by the talk test, um, go by again, how you feel, right? So, um, it's not going to feel a lot of women. It's not going to feel great to, to run fast, um, at a high intensity or to do a lot of hills, um, or to do long distance. That's just not going to feel great. Um, and statistics show um, in the running world, only one third of women who um, run in the beginning of pregnancy are still running by the end of their pregnancy. So we just naturally, I mean, moms have instincts. We have instincts. We we know like what we should and shouldn't be doing. So um, a lot of a lot of times, you know, does it does it feel good? Keep doing it. Um, there's really no, like I said, unless you're high risk for certain medical reasons, um, there's no risk. Um, to you or the baby for growth, oxygen, that sort of thing. Um, if you, you know, if you want to run a few faster intervals, um, but you're going to get to a point most likely that that's just not going to feel great. That's amazing. <laughs> Another question from the group was about picking and choosing and selecting a support band or a belly band if that is needed. Do you have any recommendations? Yeah, sometimes it takes a bit of experimenting to find out what works really well for you. Um, It also depends like what you're looking for. So are you just looking for general like unweighting of your belly or are you experiencing low back pain, SI joint pain or pubic symphysis pain? Um, Because depending on you know, your reason, the, the different bands that you're going to be, um, that will be most effective for you will be different. So for example, um, you know, somebody's, uh, you know, six months pregnant, belly's getting a bit heavy. Um, I'm just looking to unweight so that I don't have to like hop off the treadmill every, every mile or stop in the woods every 10 minutes, um, to go to the bathroom. Well, um, a lot, a few bands that are out there on the market that come up a lot are the Gabriella band. Um, that one is available on Amazon, I believe. Um, and it's fairly inexpensive. Another one that comes up a lot is the fit splint. Um, that one's really popular too. A lot of women really like that one. Um, the other option is like I mentioned earlier is kinesio taping. So there's ways that you can tape your belly. And, um, I did do a full write up on that. I'm happy to provide a link, um, to that um, if your viewers are interested um, or listeners are interested in that um, on different different taping techniques. And some moms find that to be a lot more comfortable um, because you don't have to worry about like taking it off and putting it back on, um, lasts for a few days, you know, all of those kinds of things. Um, So that's just general like unweight, like unweighting the belly, kind of just need a little extra support as the belly grows. Now, if you're experiencing um, anything along the lines of Um, like SI joint pain and pubic symphysis pain kind of go hand in hand. So your SI joint sits in the, in below the lumbar spine on either side of the back, and it's connected to the front of the body by the pubic symphysis, right? So if you're having pain in the front, there's likely going some, there might be something going on in the back or vice versa um, on one or both sides. So if you're experiencing pain there, really what we want to do is get a belt or a band that's actually going to bring everything closer together, right? So we want to kind of cinch that in. So in that case, um, Cerola, S-C-R-O-L-A, makes a really nice SI belt. Um, so there aren't any bands that are like recommended just for like pubic symphysis pain, but more like the SI 
SI bander belt. Um, some moms just go on Amazon, they find an SI band and it works great. Um, Sorola is kind of like the, um, I don't know, I don't know if you're a gold standard, but it's kind of like one of the best ones on the market. And again, it doesn't work for everybody. I personally tried it. I didn't like it. Um, but I have a lot of moms who really, really like that band. Um, the one that I personally use, um, and a lot of other runners use is, um, I'm probably going to say this wrong, but it's, um, Bao Bei, B-A-O, and then a space B-E-I, and they advertise it as a sports bra for your belly, which is really, um, it's really true. It's just like a wide band that goes from like, um, your brow line down to just below your hips. Um, and it basically just kind of like compresses everything. And for me, it's been like the most comfortable, um, kind of helps the pubic symphysis pain and like unweights my belly a little bit. So um, that one has been good for me and it's really comfortable. It's just like stretchy, um, stretchy material. You can wear it like underneath your, like if you need more support, even just with your day-to-day activities, like you can just wear it underneath your, your regular clothes, um, without a problem. And it doesn't really get in the way of like off and on, like going to the bathroom and that sort of thing. So those are the ones that I usually recommend people to try. Um, but there's like, there's tons and tons on the market, but those would be like a really good starting place depending on how you're feeling. Well, I love that. Some people might want to be using it for day-to-day use we using something like that 24 hours a day or there's no point to that it's just if we're doing some tasks and we're a little uncomfortable yeah yeah I mean again go by how you're feeling like if you know you're going to be um you know for some moms um like house cleaning right for example can be fairly strenuous like vacuuming where there's a lot of twisting or you're um you're going to be cleaning for a while or cleaning the tub like doing a lot of bending over and that sort of thing um that might be a good time to wear it if you go out like for me like if I went hiking if I did any gardening um, I'm getting to the point where I probably want to wear it when I'm cleaning. Um, so those kinds of things, definitely getting to the point where I want to wear it when I'm running. Um, but I wouldn't wear it all the time unless you feel like you need it. Um, and some moms are in that place where they do need it all day long or their job is demanding, you know, in such a physical way that they feel like they need it all the time. So if you feel like you need it all the time, wear it. Um, don't it, don't wear it all the time. Um, because you know, it's a brace. A brace is a support. And so it's doing some of the work for you. And so when you have opportunity and ability to use your muscles to give your body support, I'm always a a proponent of doing that and not relying on, you know, braces and supports, but like by all means, like if you need it, go ahead and wear it. It's not going to like be harmful if you wear it like more of the time than if you don't. It's just based on, based on your symptoms and what you need. If it allows you to be you know, functional and allows you to do the things you want to do, then, then, then do it. Yeah. So it's not going to make any of the, you know, it's not going to make you weaker necessarily. No. Are weaker necessarily. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay. Good to hear that. Now I had another question from another member and she had asked if during pregnancy, if it is possible, if you're able to talk about abdominal pressure management techniques that can during running. Yeah, you can definitely work on it while you're pregnant, but running is running is a very high level activity. So that's not necessarily the time to first start working on that, right? So, you know, normally when we're we're working on pressure management, we're working on it in, you know, stationary positions. Um, non-impact stationary positions, um, 
first to make sure that you can manage that and then progressing to, you know, moving, you know, moving through uh, a range of motion or doing a, doing an exercise and managing pressure and then adding that dynamic component or impact of running. Um, you know, I don't know that a lot of moms notice um, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, like doming or t- with their, with their running. Um, but you may feel like you are, you might be bearing down a bit. Um, and the sign of, you know, maybe you need to work on your pressure management, um, when you're running, or you feel like you are like clenching everything, like you're trying to do a Kegel, like the whole time that you're running, um, that would be a sign too, that you need to work on, you know, some, some techniques to manage that better, but yeah, not while you're running, but you need to scale that and run it you know, work on your foundation first, build that up as you, as you are able, and then apply that to running. So if you're finding that you're really uncomfortable with running, perhaps taking a break, um, or just sticking to walking for a little while is a good idea while you sort of work on those other, while you work on those other pieces, um, of the puzzle. Okay. So there's not necessarily any postural or mechanical things, um, positioning that we could do to push it. Not like, no, I mean, not pressure wise, but I mean, we can, we can talk about our, our running posture, you know, like as our, yeah, I mean, like as your, as your belly grows, right. So that's going to be putting a lot of forward pressure on your, on your spine. And so you're going to have, you might notice like the curve in your low back is a lot deeper than what it normally would be when you're not pregnant. Um, and so how do we compensate for that? Right. So how do we compensate for that, um, center of gravity coming forward as we lean back out of it. And so we are like creating more of that lumbar curve. Right. Um, and so then that leads to a more upright running posture, which, um, is not, is not an athletic posture. So you're getting a lot more like of this instead of like that nice hinge at the hips as you move forward and you have more of this, right, rather than this. So there's a lot of like wasted um, energy expenditure as the belly gets bigger because you're trying to compensate for that. And so that's where a belly band would come in in hand, right, is to wear that support so that the belly is supported. You can be, um, you're not like overcompensating by leaning back, but you can still sort of maintain that, you know, that forward trunk lean without feeling like you're, <laughs> without feeling like you're falling over. Um, so, so that's like a posture thing. Another, another thing is um, like slouch into the belly, um, around our shoulders. Right. And so we get more rounding in the upper spine. So thinking about, you know, upper, um, upper back being more upright, kind of, uh, you know, keeping the shoulder blades sort of down and in, um, and not switching into that because that's our spinal curves get all kinds of like crazy when we're pregnant. Um, so we can you know, work on those sorts of things. The other thing that's really helpful is to work on breathing, um, just in general, um, because our, you know, our rib cage has to expand as our belly grows, right? Um, and our rib cage angle gets bigger. Um, and so a lot of times what happens is the ribs get stuck. And so that can create some, some back pain, uh, these postural changes, um, that I mentioned. So, Oh, I mean, we could do a whole podcast just on breathing, to be quite honest. Um, but maintaining good breathing, 
I mean, eating good breathing, even in pregnancy, you can definitely work on that. Um, and just trying to maintain like good rib mobility, good thoracic mobility, um, all of that helps with posture and alignment so that, um, you know, when you're running your, your form is better. So, you know, kind of just being like mindful of like what your posture is doing, like take a peek in the mirror, like, you know, when you're brushing your teeth, are you like standing there and kind of like slouching into your belly or, you know, can you be more, you know, I'm even doing it a little bit here where I'm just sitting and, and chatting with you, but can you be, you know, a little bit more um, upright? Can you bring your shoulders back a little bit um, and kind of get those spinal curves where they, where they really should be? Um, and all of that should help with just like day-to-day -day stuff. And then with um, any sort of exercise activity that you are engaged in. Thank you. You've, you're answering my questions. This is amazing. Um, I, I appreciate you for, for going so deep and being, you know, um, really clear about everything that we can expect during pregnancy. And I think that you've answered a lot of questions that the group members have had. So I really appreciate that. And um, thinking maybe we can transition for a little bit into postpartum. And, you know, when you are working with, you know, I know I have like my system for work postpartum. And I'm sure it's, you know, similar. It has its parallels in some respect. How do you start working with women, you know, in that postpartum time, you know, with the goal, the end goal being I'm going to return to some sort of long distance running as my goal. How do you start working with these individuals? Yeah, so it depends on when you feel ready to start exercising. So a lot of times after you Maybe you're not really uh, into doing all that much as far as exercise is concerned um, because you have a newborn and you're trying to navigate sleep and feeding and just like diaper changes, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so, but some moms are, you know, like there's three days postpartum and they're like, I'm going to go crazy if I don't like do something um, because exercise is their mental outlet. Um, so we touched on this a little bit earlier, but like six weeks all clear is, you know, outdated, but, um, I, I try to convey to, um, women in my community, um, like in my Facebook group, um, running community for moms is that like, you don't have to wait the six weeks. Like you don't have to do nothing for six weeks and then jump right back into it because neither is very good. Right. So there are things that you can do. Um, in that immediate postpartum, like day one postpartum, like pelvic floor core type stuff. And I do have a free PDF available um, for anybody who um, who wants that. It's available in my group. Um, so that's a great thing. Like that's a great starting point. Um, so if you fe are feeling like super eager, like you want to do that, like day one or two postpartum, it doesn't matter how you delivered. Um, if you're feeling up to that, go right ahead and do that. Um, me personally, like it's me about two weeks um, before I'm feeling like I want to do a little bit of walking or um, doing a little bit of the pelvic floor type stuff. Um, and then there's other exercises that you can do before that again. So like that's like phase one. And then there's other stuff that you can do that's like gentle movement, kind of reawakening some of the other core muscles before that six week mark. Um, and then usually what I do is just kind of progress, right? So progress from there. So everything is like a very um, systematic progression of um, day one. Everybody starts day one. So whether it's day one, I just had my baby yesterday or day one, I haven't done any rehab and it's been 
you know, five years, we all start at the same point. So it's not necessarily, um, you know, how long it's been, but it's like, where are you starting in your recovery process? Um, and then I take moms through, it's basically three months, three months of um, building. So pelvic floor, core, breathing, posture, um, endurance, balance. Um, and then we get to like runner specific exercises before we actually start running again. So if you were to come to me, newly postpartum, um, or I also do like discovery calls with moms who are currently pregnant, who are looking for, what do I do after baby comes? How do I get back to running after my baby arrives? Um, you know, that's the, the three months of preparation, build that foundation, get ready to run. And then we start running at that, you know, at that three month mark, because, um, that's kind of what the research or the guidelines are showing now is that we need to wait at least those 12 weeks, um, before we start running postpartum. And when I say we start running, I don't mean that we go out and we run three miles or we run five miles. It's a gradual progression because you always want to feel into like, how is your body feeling? Um, you know, and how is it handling the stresses of, you know, the exercises that I'm doing or the, or the running that I'm doing. Um, so you don't want to do too much too fast. And I'm a big proponent of like, let's take the time now to build your foundation, get you super strong, get everything like we're not leaking. There's, you know, your ab separation has been taken care of. You don't have any signs of prolapse, which is like the feeling of heaviness. Um, heaviness or dragging um, in the vagina so you don't have any of those kinds of symptoms before you start running um, and three months might seem like a long time to quote-unquote wait but there is so much that you can be doing um, in that in that time and um, I make sure that you know we mix up the exercises and we're doing like a new routine you know every week um, so that it keeps it interesting um, and progressive so that every week is a build on the previous one, um, which is, which is really important. Um, but I also am a proponent. So all of that being said of like, not doing, not doing too much. Um, and also as a new mom, like, how do I navigate, you know, if you're a mom for the first time, like, how do I, like, I normally like to exercise first thing in the morning, but my baby's been up every two hours during the night. I can't get up before him or her, or, um, like for me, like I'm going to have, I'm going to have two um, you know, one preschool age, one toddler, and then a, a, an infant. And it's like, how am I going to navigate that? Right. So like making the exercise, um, functional, making it, um, doing the most bang for your buck so that you are not spending a ton of time exercising. So like 20 to 30 minutes max, you know, on, you know, five to seven days of the week, um, where you're, you're exercising and then you're doing some sort some sort of, um, some cardio. Um, so that's kind of like how I take moms through that, that progression of getting, of getting back to running. Um, and then, you know, if there's, if there's things that come up along the way that we need to address, then we always do that too. Cause you know, MT, it's, you, you have to be flexible. You can have, you can certainly have a plan in place, but if something comes up or something doesn't feel good, then we, then we modify. I wanted to talk a little bit about women that don't realize, don't know that they're supposed to do this work ahead of time. And yeah. a lot of them are running and they're leaking when they're running. When these women come to you and they've missed that pre-work, that rebuild work, that rehab work, start with someone who 
let's say they're fairly strong, they've built up their running, but they're still dealing with something like leakage. Where in your plan do you start with them? Do you start them right at, at ground zero at basics? Or are there certain things that women can start to do if they're experienced leaking? And I know there's a lot involved yeah. with it being hypertonic, hypotonic. There's a lot of things going on there sometimes in a leakage avenue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's, I mean, that's a great question. Um, and it's, it's individual. It could be very individualized. Um, you know, so yeah, so leaking can be, like you said, either from having a pelvic floor that's too tight, or it could be from weakness. Um, and a lot of moms think that they're strong. Um, and, and they might be, um, however, usually the, um, the tests and measures that I put them through will, will definitely show where those deficits are. Um, I recently worked with a mom who was a runner and a pro bodybuilder, um, you know, and I asked her to do like a, a deep squat and a single leg squat. And she's like, wow, I feel really weak. Like her deficits were definitely showing and she was dealing with leaking, um, you know, and her kids were... I think six and eight at the time. Um, so, you know, I don't say like, stop everything you're doing. Let's go back to like, you know, ground zero. Let's take a look at what you're doing and can we modify what you're doing right now so that the exercises are more relevant to your deficits and what you need so that we can build you back up. Um, so, you know, and then I had another mom that I worked with um, who was a a pretty casual runner, like 5Ks, like kind of on the regular, um, did a half marathon here and there. And she also had leaking um, when she got up into the higher distances or towards the end of her run, like three miles, she was fine. But if she pushed to four, she was leaking. And so she was like, I don't really want to stop running. And, it, you know, like also as a runner and an athlete, it's like, I can, I get that. I can totally get behind that. Um, so let's let's modify that right let's work on the things that we see that need attention um and keep your running to a point where you're not yourself into symptoms so i'm not going to say i wouldn't recommend that you go out and train for a half marathon right now right but if you can stay at that like you know we talked about like three miles is good four is too much okay what if you do 3.1 or 3.4 or 3.5 like when do those symptoms start coming on let's stay below that threshold we address you know some of the issues that you have going on some of the deficits that you have going on and then we can talk about you know rebuilding you know your fitness because to say to um oh you have this problem okay you need to stop doing everything that's that's like that's like break my heart right like because I don't want to stop doing everything because that's the thing where like I can either you know, be out on my own. That's my mental release. That's my, you know, I want to need to stay healthy and fit and, and whatnot. Um, so, so yeah. So, um, you know, as far as leaking is concerned, it's, you know, and, and I want to say also that, you know, I'm not a, uh, like a certified pelvic floor PT. I don't do like any of the internal stuff. I am a move specialist. So based on how I see you moving with different um, exercises um, I look at posture, I look at breathing, I look at, you know, you squatting, look at single leg, I look at balance. So like all of those things, if I look at you from the outside, ask you lots of questions, personal questions, um, you know, TMI questions, which is, you know, nothing is really TMI to me at this point, but um, lots of questions about your symptoms and like, what are you feeling and when do they come on? We can piece together um, the puzzle um, and, you know, 
being able to see how you move, I can see, well, okay, well, you're squatting in this way. So it tells me that you're probably weak over here. So this is what we need to work on that will help your pelvic floor because, you know, our, 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 our abs are all like interconnected to the pelvic floor. So if you have some weakness somewhere, then that needs to be addressed. So you might feel strong when I'm doing body competitions or I'm running, you know, three miles or five miles and I feel strong doing it. But if you're having these pelvic floor symptoms, that's a sign that something isn't quite right. So you're not really, you're not hundred percent strong. There's some, there's a missing link somewhere that we need to, that we need to address. Love that. That's very important. So many women just struggle with leakage and them just are told that that's just how it is and just to learn how to deal with it. You mentioned it before a little bit about your your progression into getting someone back into running. Now, before someone starts to incorporate some like high impact or running, are there some basic, you know, exercises that someone needs to check off their list to make sure that they've got the foundations or the basics. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there are there are guidelines in place, which means that that the tests and measures that are recommended to sort of like check the box on um, have not been researched thoroughly. However, um, a lot of the things that I look at, um, and I all and I and I do this as just like a strength and endurance check. Like, so for moms who are not. Um, we don't want to do like the full program or maybe they've been running for a while and they just want to sort of like, where are, where are my deficits? Where do I need to work? Um, I do this, um, this test with them or series of tests with them. Um, so there aren't any research-based um, tests and mes- tests, tests and measures, excuse me, um, that, you know, you have to check all the boxes before you move on. Um, but there's certainly, um, you know, there's certainly guidelines um, of, you know, what strength you should have in which areas of your body, you know, like your hips need to be strong, um, your balance needs to be really good, um, you know, your dynamic movement needs to be really good too before, you know, beginning any sort of high impact. And, and again, that's not just like you check the boxes, so go and run five miles. That's like, let's, let's start progressively getting into it. Um, so, so yeah, so looking at, you know, different things, like can you do, you know, for example, one of the tests is, um, you know, lying on your side doing leg lifts, like hip abduction, right? Can you do 20 on each side? And so that's like a strength test. Um, one of the impact tests is like being able to hop on one leg for, you know, a certain amount of time. And different um, coaches, therapists have their own set of guidelines that they like to follow, Um you know, a lot of them are overlapping and similar. Um, some of them are a little bit different, um, just based on like our level of, um, you know, clinical experience, what we, what we see, you know, in the moms that we work with, what we know that they need for strength with returning to run, um, you know, all those kinds of things. And, and to be honest, they're probably great tests and measures just for like anybody, um, to, you know, who's, who might be having like, recurring injury, let's say, or, you know, not able to hit the, you know, the time and distance goals that they want because of, you know, whatever it is. Um, because I think what happens is a lot of runners just like to run and we don't like to stretch and we don't like to, um, do the resistance training or the strength building, which is so important to be able to get back to running. Um, so, so yeah, so, 
I have a set that of, you know, tests and measures that I like to look at, um, but it's not, um, it's not like founded in the research. Like they looked at these tests and these ones definitely correlate to like, you have to do all of these things a hundred percent before you get back to running. Um, it's just, it's not like that. It's like, let's do these tests and measures. If I see that you have more deficits than strengths, then I'm going to say, let's wait on getting back to running. But if there's like one or two things that are like, well, you know, you still need a little bit of work, but you know, you could probably start running again while you continue working on, you know, these sorts of things. Beautiful. That makes sense. So we're going to wind down here and I wanted for just this moment to share with the listeners where they can find you, where they can learn more. If you have any offers going on right now, I'm going to of course, link all of that in the the chat when we're done. I'm going to link all that. I'm also going to put it in the show notes uh, for people listening to the podcast. So I'm just going to kind of give you the floor here to plug yourself. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, so I have a Facebook group that's called Running Community for Moms. Um, get back to running without um, injury or pelvic floor issues. Um, so that's available. You can join in there. I have lots and lots and lots of free trainings, um, lives that I've done previously on just everything. Um, some of the stuff that we talked about here, even just like healing your diastasis or, you know, you had a C-section, how do you get back to running? Um, you know, those kinds of things. So lots of information in there. Um, when you sign up, if you want to, um, if you want that free PDF of um, pelvic postpartum pelvic floor exercises, you can provide your email and I will um, send you a copy of that. So that's a great starting point. Um, so I hang out in there. I also, if you just want to find me on Facebook on my personal page, I'm just at Rachel Pope. Um, I think it's actually facebook.com backslash Rachel Pope 802 because Rachel Pope apparently is a very popular name. Um, so if you want to just find me on there, I post a lot about running stuff, um, also family stuff. So it's a good, it's a mix of, of everything. So you'll, you'll see my kids a lot because I post a lot about my kids. Um, I'm also on Instagram at rachelpope.pt. So you can find me in there if you're more of an Instagram um, person. Um, as far as my programs, my signature program, um, I kind of alluded to earlier is a four month program. So if you're interested in that, um, it's just, um, you know, a postpartum return to run program. Um, it doesn't have a fancy name. It just describes what it is. Um, and so that is if you are immediately postpartum or it's been a while and you want to get back to running. So we built your foundation get you up to speed so that when the time comes um, at that three month mark, you are like ready to go and then start building your, your, your distance and your mileage from there. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing all your knowledge and expertise for us. And I know you've answered a lot of my questions and of course, a lot of the listeners and the first questions. So I really appreciate that. I do want to end on one last question. And um, that is, what are some things that we can do to protect our pelvic floor during pregnancy for an optimal postpartum recovery? Like really quick, good takeaway that we can all leave with today. Don't clench and breathe. <laughs> if I had to like summarize it, those would be the two things. Like don't clench your pelvic floor all the time. Don't squeeze your glutes all the time. Um, and make sure that you're breathing properly so that you're getting your breath into your back, into your sides, into your chest, into your belly. So you're getting that complete 
um, that breathing pattern, whether you're just going about your day or whether it's with exercise. So both of those things I think are really important. So, I mean, we talked about a lot, I mean, to answer that question is that's a very loaded question. You have to, you know, I have to be honest. Um, we did talk about a lot of those things, but if I had to like pick two things, like those would probably be the, the two main ones, just no clenching and, um, and breathe. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for hanging out with me, taking time out of your busy day, sharing your expertise, and you are like the full pregnancy and postpartum running package for mamas. I do encourage everyone who hung out with us today to check you out in, in every capacity that you've mentioned uh, today. If you're on the podcast or in our Facebook group, I really want to thank everyone. Have a great evening. Have a great rest of the day. And uh, check us out next time on the Strong Moms Fitness, whether you're in the Facebook group or the podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in. And we look forward to seeing you next time on the Strong Moms Fitness Podcast. Now remember, go subscribe so that you are the first to know as soon as new episodes drop. Also, be sure you don't miss out on your chance to win a free program of your choice from Strong Moms Fitness. All you have to do is leave a five-star review. Screenshot it before you submit and send it to Daisy at strongmomsfitness.com. Your review helps other people find our show. And as a thank you, once a month, we choose the review that makes us all warm and tingly inside and award that lucky lady a free program of their choice. So do it now. It could be you. See you next time, you badass mom, you.